0: Oh, no! (laughs) Barker, did you spill something? What is this, like a 90s sitcom? I don't don't (laughs) know. (laughs) Barker. Pause for
1: canned (laughs) laughter. (laughs) Followed by the... Coming back from commercial break uh, music of the 90s sitcom.
0: Roll up and die.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's April 20th, 2015. And you're listening to episode five of Roll Up and Die. This is my boomstick!
3: Wacky neighbor though
1: yeah you you totally would be the Kramer blowing through the door Yeah,
3: you know, i'm a I'm a big <laughs> fan of Wilson oh yeah oh, yeah yeah that's totally. my favorite wacky neighbor i I think I think you'd have to reach into like the Adams family to really find uh, find my niche I don't know I don't know who I would be uh, it, it. <laughs> <laughs> lurch you. Ring. no other human can actually replicate that voice it would have to be done with a synthesizer
1: exactly yeah (laughs) barker you're gonna have to drop my voice a couple octaves in post
2: barker you're going to have to drop my voice a couple octaves in post (laughs) (laughs) done That
1: that was pretty good yeah, good Good job. It's crazy how you can do that live, actually, yeah, it's do weird. post-production.
0: I have just tons of equipment around me, um, <laughs> up to and including, what, two and a half, no, excuse me, two empty wine bottles mm-hmm. and a half of a wine bottle. Oh, man. And half of a Monstar. A monster. Now
1: you need to, you need, if you really want to get crazy, you need to mix the monster and the wine and see what happens.
0: Oh no! See, you heard monster, and I said monstar. I'm talking about the basketball team that faced off against Michael Jordan and Bill Murray in Space Jam. Oh. Jack. Wait, which one do you
1: have? Is it the blue one, the tall blue no. guy?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: It's kind of like Lurch. Uh, dude, I had that toy when I was a kid. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Wow. I was just kidding. I actually have an energy drink. Oh. <laughs> I just pronounced it wrong.
1: Barger, you're really just kind of playing with my heart here. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's cheeky. Hey, what,
1: what was the uh, what was the idea for the opening banter that we posted about in the chat earlier this week? I can't remember. Did uh, we have ideas? First oh, yes, first we movies did.
3: first first movies we saw. Oh yes, first movies we saw. Oh dude. Okay. Well, Alex, you gotta go first then. <laughs> okay. So the first movie that I saw when I was a, when I was a kid was, uh, I was three years old and my parents, for some unknown reason, took me to see 2001, a space odyssey. (laughs) And, um, no, I, 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 I remembered bits and pieces of it and they, they told me that I just kind of like, you know, I was, I just stood on the seat and I just stared at the screen for, you know, however many hours the movie actually is. And, uh. I didn't move, which you know, for a, you know, three-year-old is just you know really something. Um, I even have the little uh, like mini posters when you would go to some of these movies, like you know yeah. new releases and stuff like that. But two, th- thousand one is still one of my favorite movies. It's it's uh, it still holds up, you know, over time. Absolutely, you, know, you could go watch it. You could go watch it today, and, and it would still, you know, you're not gonna be like snickering at the hair or you know, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> you know, if, if you look at if you look at some old sci-fi, you know, that's like. People people wearing bell bottoms and, and have these long <laughs> sideburns like yeah yeah man this is the future. It's the seventies <laughs> future. Isn't it, isn't it groovy?
1: <laughs> uh, dude, that that is awesome, Alex. And it also it just kind of explains so much. Like it it, it just it makes so much sense. Like when my you're God, like yeah I, I was three years old stars. and my. <laughs>
0: I've I've never seen that movie actually. What? Take a drink. Oh, are you? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Are you? It's episode five. Are you still surprised?
1: I okay. Sometimes, uh, most of the time, I'm like, okay, yeah, of course, Barker hasn't seen that. But 2001: Space Odyssey, Barker. Barker.
0: What do you want me to say? I want you to say I'm I'm buying it on Amazon right now, sir. (laughs) It was a joke. I've seen it. I like the scene with the space and the odyssey. all right oh
1: god oh uh no i i absolutely love that movie it's it's definitely one of my favorites as well but 2001 space obviously was not my first movie i actually i can't remember what the first movie i saw in the theater was because i feel like i've been going to the theater my entire life just like if i if i think back <laughs> i can't remember a time when i hadn't seen star wars or indiana jones mm-hmm. you're like, I can't yeah. remember the new, fresh experience of seeing those movies because they have been a part of my life for my entire life. And, like, my dad is just a huge mo- movie buff. And um, I totally took after took after him in that respect. I, 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 I suppose the the earliest memory that I have of watching a movie, if I really, really think about it, the earliest memory I can remember of watching a movie is A New Hope. And specifically... The scene when they're trying to extend the bridge and they can't get it to extend, and Luke gets into his stormtrooper utility belt, pulls out that rope, and swings across the chasm. Um, mm. You know, while they're shooting at the stormtroopers, and that is my earliest, earliest movie memory. And to this day, like those movies that I grew up watching that my dad had me had me just kind of uh, develop on was Star Wars, Indiana Jones, um, Jaws. Uh, you know, movies like you know, like that. So, yeah, I, I guess Star Wars would be the earliest movie memory I can I can conjure up.
3: <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of funny though that you mentioned you know, first movie in the movie theater. That caveat couldn't even come up with mine because there were no. That was the only right. place to see a movie in 1969. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could. You know. You had. You really didn't see movies at home. You know. Yeah. they, they really yeah. didn't have. I mean, yeah, yeah. They had some that w- would eventually, you know oldies that would make it to television but not like box office hits or or you know there was no cable no hbo or anything like exactly. that
1: exactly well and then when when home video finally did start happening it was still it was so expensive like like vhs tapes were like a 100 bucks it was just ridiculous mm. like you, you'd have to spend so much money getting a vhs tape to watch it on your on your, on your, on your oh, vcr yeah. so it was a luxury luxury few could afford so
0: <laughs> i'm i exactly. think i'm right there with you yeah yeah because uh I do not remember my first movie theater experience, um, but the earliest movie experience I can remember is the Star Destroyer flying over mm. the camera view at the very beginning of A New Hope j- chasing the, the, was it the Tantive IV?
1: Yeah, the blockade runner, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and I remember my father put that movie on and just he just pressed play and walked away. And I can't remember why he did that. Probably because, hey, this is a little kid. I'm sure he'll like, you know, Star Wars. But when I saw that, I was sold. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is. I don't ever need to see another movie again.
1: Exactly, and
0: it it, it was just
1: it's a it was magical seeing it the first time. It you know, it just it instilled in me such a sense of of wonder that has not left me to this day and i think my dad shared it with me because it was a it was a crucial part of his life growing up when he got to go see star wars and so he wanted me to have that when i grew up too and and honestly like i'm i'm excited to have kids because you know procreating is pretty cool but i'm <laughs> mostly excited to be like here. Now it's it's time to watch Star Wars. Here, it's you're old oh, enough yeah. to watch Jurassic Park. Here, we're going to play D&D yeah. for the first time. You know, I, I can't wait to share those same experiences with them, you know.
3: Yep. Yeah. yeah, my my kids have seen Star Wars. They um they they watched the uh that animated one there the uh, the Clone Wars. Oh yeah. Um, hmm. they love that. So they they they're kind of learning about all, you know, the the entire history sort of at once versus, you know, us having to wait, you know, for you know, three, two, three, four years for a movie to come out. Right. I've for actually,
1: sure. I've been, I've been thinking about that. And actually, this is a conversation that my fiance Tila and I have had multiple times. What order are we going to have our kids watch the Star Wars movies in? Because this is, this is an important <laughs> discussion to <laughs> it's, have. It's,
3: it's a big question. Yeah, it is.
1: It is. It's a big discussion to have before you commit to having kids. And so we, we definitely want to, yeah, I, I'm. we're thinking machete, but at the same time, we're also leaning towards not letting them know that the prequels exist for a little while. <laughs> I want to shield yeah, them from it as much as possible.
3: Yeah, it's, it's kind of like sex. You talk about it in vague terms first, exactly, you know, for a while. Exactly, <laughs> Alex. And then, and, then, and then eventually you sort of you know, say, well, you know... There were actually some other movies. Really? <laughs> but what? But they weren't very good.
0: I'll tell you yeah, what, though. The longer the longer you hold it away from them, the more they'll like it when they see it.
1: Or, you know what I'm afraid of is that they're going to find out about it at school.
3: I'm sure Wait, they will. Well, <laughs> you know what you can do? I, don't, I don't want them to hear it from Dude, their I'm, friends. I'm I want them
1: to hear it from me.
3: You know what you could do? You could you, you could do a kind of clockwork orange thing with them, like sit them down in front of it, <laughs> pin their eyes open, and, and, and while they're watching it, you know, you zap them with like a taser. <laughs> Matt, if you swap Star Wars with the
0: word drugs, then you are just like every single middle class <laughs> parent. I, I'm just worried they're gonna figure out about it at school. They're gonna learn like,
1: about it at school.
0: I'm gonna find, find a pot, blu- but...
1: Blu-ray copy of Phantom Menace under their bed. Where did you get this? Where did you learn about this? I learned. I learned it from watching you.
0: <laughs> oh my god! Talk to your
1: kids about the Phantom Menace because if you
0: don't, who will? Who you know then? what? You know what? What <laughs> sucks the most, I think, is that episode two to me is the worst movie. Yeah, episode two is by far the worst. Thank you, thank you. And it sucks because you can't just skip it because mm-hmm. it's yeah. got the Clone Wars. Like the the episode three won't make sense without episode two, and episode <laughs> three is I, I honestly think it's good in it, ways. I think it, it has the most
1: strong points of any of the prequel movies. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. I actually, Barker. I will. S- my main issue with episode two is that nothing of consequence happens. Like you can, you no. could entirely skip episode two. You just say, "All right, so in between episode one and three, the Republic gets clones, and Padme and Anakin get married." There you go, bam. Episode three. <laughs> well, you three, know what you do could
3: do. do. So we need to get some nerds out there with with really you know awesome editing skills. Edit them together. Take clips from episode two and then do a voiceover, yes. like the important uh, you know. Like, do do, a do a montage. Type. Yeah, do a montage kind of voiceover. This happened between this this and this, and mm-hmm. then and then you just blend it all into one movie. Mm-hmm. Take a take out you know eliminate you know Jar Jar entirely and just right. edit it into one movie. <laughs> maybe move some stuff around. You know, change some dialogue. Yeah, and you could have. An awesome prequel. One movie the whole prequel dude episode yeah.
0: two could be its own uh, just scrolling text oh yeah oh absolutely. <laughs> movie over
1: yeah done the thing right. the thing that i think is most disappointing about the prequels and we're totally getting off on a tangent here but this is what happens we if haven't anyone even ever started this is the... our tangent time man <laughs> i know this is, this i know different. i just this is what happens if anyone ever mentions the star wars prequels within 30 feet of me this is what occurs but my <laughs> my biggest it. issue with Let the prequels start. is the fact that they're not completely irredeemable there are facets of the prequels prequels that are legitimately good and yeah. that makes the fact that they're not good movies Great. even worse because you're like yeah. man you and ewan, ewan mcgregor is so good as obi-wan kenobi i wish the movies were
3: better yeah well see that, that yeah but see that's the problem that's why people don't leave abusive relationships you know they say well mm-hmm. yeah but he's he's so, he's so nice to the dog <laughs> you know and, and, and they don't want to leave because of that but you, 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 got, you, you got you gotta leave the prequels matt you gotta leave the prequels <laughs> Matt, yeah, why not do you keep, why do you not keep watching you. the
1: prequels? I mean, George the lightsaber Lucas,
0: stuff is pretty cool, I guess. I don't you know. know. Dude, George Lucas, are you listening to this right now? Your movies <laughs> just got compared to domestic violence, okay? <laughs> so, on that note, happy Sunday, gamers. Welcome to Roll Up and Die, your, you know, I don't know.
2: Definitive.
0: Yeah, definitive RPG podcast. Is it, though? My, yeah, it is. My name is Barker.
3: My name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice, and my name is Alex, A.K.A. Captain Gothnot.
0: And I was really hoping that you guys would uh, roll with the angry introductions this time, but that's okay.
1: That's so all good. The, a- the angry introductions.
0: Huh? My name is Barker. My
1: name is Matt. Oh, I see. I didn't know you that's, were yeah, angry. That's not, that's a, just... That doesn't sound
0: angry. That sounds snarky.
1: Yeah, I thought well, okay. I thought you were being snooty, Barker. Yeah, angry would be like here. <clears throat> this is angry. Welcome to Roll Up and Die. This is Barker. That's angry.
3: <laughs> Touche. Everyone can just like pick up the Batman voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Parker. My name is Parker. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, man. And...
0: Uh... And today we got an excellent, excellent uh, subject for you. It is episode five, uh, fifth episode in the series. And every five episodes, we are going to do a series called "Around the Town." Uh, basically, we're going to talk about something that your characters could experience or see or you know role play with around the the base camp, the village, the town, the city, um, the place where honestly we we take for granted. And so uh, today we're gonna talk about Thieves Guilds. Oh. In the words of Matt Click. Bum bum! Bum bum
1: that was pretty good, Barker. Bum, 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 bum.
0: I can't do it as well as you. I know. <laughs> no one can, no one can. Matt, give me an overview of the topic today. What do you
1: think? Uh, give you an overview, eh? Um, well, hey. I think I think the Thieves' Guild, uh, much like the Tavern, uh, which we discussed a couple episodes ago, uh, the Thieves' Guild is something that is somewhat overused and can be a huge cliche in your world. But, much like the Tavern, it's a trope for a reason, and it has a lot of... Um, good hooks for your party to sink their teeth into, I feel like. I feel like it offers a lot of opportunities uh, to show a different facet of your game world. Um, you know, the the Thieves' Guild can be the underworld of your world. Literally, sometimes. You know, Thieves' Guilds are in the sewers and stuff sometimes. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's just one of those things that if you do it right, if you do it creatively, it can really enrich your world and add a lot to it, so...
0: Well, and and, uh, in our notes, we actually have a uh, kind of a a step one. The first thing that I think we should do is create kind of a typical Thieves Guild. And not just typical, but stereotypical and sucky. A sucky Thieves Guild, a (laughs) boring, cliche Thieves Guild uh, for the listeners. So uh, hold on one second. I'm going to do this thing where I determine randomly who goes. And uh, Alex. Yes. Start us off. I win. (laughs) I win. All right, <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you for listening to uh, Roll Up and Die. You've heard Alex win. Wait,
3: wait what? <laughs> no. Yes, I, th- I think the, the the typical Thieves Guild that everyone is is familiar with is the. Uh, and this was always puzzling to me. It's the. It's supposed to be kind of this underground organization, but everyone knows about it, and it, and it usually has a building, which again suggests that they are <laughs> you know very very kind of out in the open, and uh, <laughs> with the sign mm. in the front that says "Welcome to the Thieves Guild." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for Bequire some reason
0: the police are always around there i don't know what
3: it is yeah exactly the, the authorities know where it is they know that these people commit crimes which are by definition against the law and so and and yet they they are allowed they're allowed to just open up shop so either they have to be performing some sort of service or they have you know they have some sort of uh you know extortion information about those who run the city but the, the, yeah the typical thieves guild would have i remember in the old days that you used to actually have to uh, if you wanted to level up as a as a thief, you would go to, you would have to go to a thieves guild and pay a lot of money to to level up. Mm. and so it, it was it was actually part of the the leveling up process. So let me think. We're not live, Alex. You can take yeah, as long as you want. <laughs> I know, I know. But mm. everyone thinks we're live, and with the
0: editing, it sounds like not only are we live, but we're coherent. Yeah,
3: But see, I have no control over that. So <laughs> <laughs> you could just leave me in sounding like an idiot. No, <laughs> no I don't. Think no, I do no, that, don't no. Do no I? That's, that's absurd. <laughs> I would never do that. No. Um... <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sound good, right, guys? <laughs>
3: <laughs> so the Thieves Guild is uh, is an organization that again trains and operates operates crime within a city. It's usually fairly open, at least the, the typical ones. That it's where thieves are trained, where they're where they're sent out on jobs. And they usually pay some sort of some sort of fee to the guild to remain a part of the guild. And so, I mean, th- those those are, those are the basic cornerstones of of a of a, of a typical thieves guild. You know, it, it's pretty two dimensional. Oh yeah. It, it it makes it makes very little sense in in terms of you know how it can possibly exist in a city. <laughs> never never mind in a world. Oh,
0: absolutely right. <laughs> I mean, you yeah.
3: know, like you said,
0: you know, it's right out in the open. you your stereotypical, your cliche, your amateur thieves guild is like it, it's no different than the fighters guild than the tavern than yeah. the blacksmith i mean it's right there hey everybody you want to steal some stuff come on into the thieves guild it's like <laughs> are you kidding me that would not exist in real life right it's true yeah Matt? uh are we still
1: talking about stuff for a typical thieves guild uh, yeah. we'll talk yeah. about whatever yeah. you want sure yeah. oh well i want to talk about pizza
0: no i'm just kidding um I want to talk about how I'm eating buffalo wings right now and <laughs> there are literal hairs inside the buffalo wings. Um, and
3: I f- I'm I'm wondering like is that normal for buffalo yeah.
0: wings to have hair in
3: them? Well yeah, because you know chickens have have these little these little thin feathers cuz feathers are basically hair that has evolved into into feathers. So they have these little pin feathers which sometimes just stay on the chicken. We've butchered our own chickens so we see them a lot. So Is it um, is
1: it pin feathers barker or is it the hair of the 17 year old guy that prepared your buffalo wings
3: <laughs> i think it's got pink dye in it okay okay so yes so so it's so it's, so it's the latter yeah yeah <laughs> no uh, actually that was interesting w- thanks alex <laughs> i w-
1: i would if i were you probably stop eating the buffalo wings if i was but finding I... not one but multiple hairs in the buffalo yeah wings. If, it's pl- if
3: it's if it's plural
0: that's that's a but i that's have a, like that's a i sign. have like 20 of them and my wife got them for me
1: all right i don't
0: know barker Okay, all right, I'll stop.
1: <laughs> <sighs> all, all I'm saying is that you're gonna bite into one of those buffalo wings. You're gonna be like, "Well, I'll just eat around the hairs." You're gonna bite into one of those buffalo wings, and you're gonna be eating them. You're gonna swallow, and you're gonna realize there's a hair stuck in your throat, and you're gonna have to pull that out of your throat. No, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna
0: find a person like. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> It was you. <laughs> Damn it, that sucks. I'm really hungry. Okay, I'll set these aside. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. Barker, you are a big boy and you
1: do whatever you want, but, but personally, I would, eat I em. don't eat, I I don't eat I don't, eat, I don't eat food with hair in it.
3: I don't. I, <laughs> I, I like I like hot wings, so I eat them, but <laughs> I hey,
1: I like hot wings. I love hair buffalo with wings, standing.
3: but All right.
0: Well, but <laughs> I, I don't like them with hair. Okay. I want to eat them. Where were where we?
1: <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, I was Were gonna you talking ta- about I was something? gonna I was gonna talk about something. <coughs> Go ahead and talk about something. Okay, I will. Um, typical thieves guild. Oh yeah, but just kind of going off what, what you guys are saying, like the typical thieves guild, it has the uh some sort of entry requirement. You know, either some sort of due that you have to pay or some sort of task that you have to do, like, oh, you gotta get you know, this specific item from a nobleman by this time, or, uh, you know, you have to pinch this many coins from, you know, somebody's coin purse or whatever. Uh, and then there's your sort of percentage that you have to pay the guild. If you steal stuff, what else is there? There's the, the option for, sorry. Did you find a hair?
0: No, (laughs) I, I tried to mute myself, but I don't have a a blue Yeti. So (laughs) it didn't work. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Um, but there's also the it it allows thieves a lot of resources that they might not necessarily have, like for instance, a fence, a place where they can just offload stolen goods and get money for it without getting a weird stare from shopkeepers when they yes. walk in with a crown. Uh, you know, the shopkeeper's like, "Uh, where'd you get this?" It's like, "Oh, I found it What? someone else's house." Yeah, but um, so <laughs> that, those, yeah. <clears throat> those aspects of the thieves guild are in a typical thieves guild and and uh you know they're they're definitely fun resources but they're also they're kind of done they're kind of tried and and uh cliche at this point you know
0: yeah and and I, I I hear you there like the uh I feel like the thieves guild the perfect thieves guild would be a place where you can get a reliable fence. Yeah. somebody to that you know will buy your stolen goods and you won't be in trouble with the law you won't be risking your own well-being that in, in my games is the purpose of the thieves guild right right
1: yeah and I I also I like the idea mm-hmm. of a thieves guild being a uh, having some sort of access to uh, a black market if such a thing exists in your world um, a place where yeah um, you know yeah. your your characters can go
0: to procure items of a less than savory nature now where would you put that like a, a black <laughs> market is such a what what is the word I'm looking for um kind of a hypothetical idea right the black market but yeah. a cool thing in a fantasy game is to actually put a physical location down on the map this right. is the black market right. what's a good place for that what do you guys think
3: uh well, actually, I, I well, it depends on it depends on the level of magic in your world. You could actually have it an extra dimensional space that they have to
0: yeah that
1: they
3: oh, have to yeah. access. But but in in a, in a more traditional fantasy setting, that's
0: that's a really uh, good idea, actually, Alex. I, I kind of I honestly kind of want you to elaborate on that
3: because <laughs> I feel like I will learn something. Well, sure, yeah. I mean, uh, that you know, you have you have magic that can make little pockets of uh, of space. You know, even this even you know low level casters can cast a uh, rope trick or something like that to make this sort of extra-dimensional space. So, you know, maybe maybe that maybe you have to go not to a door or anything like that but this like a, a corner between two buildings and basically just kind of walk through the corner and you walk into this kind of extra-dimensional space. Kind of like Diagon Alley in, in yeah, Harry Potter, Potter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, so you you know, there, you have to get there through some sort of arcane means. Not that you have to be an arcane caster, but maybe you have to have have a specific token to take with you or you have to a word you use a you know password that sort of thing which would be more traditional throw Uh, two silver shillings into the trash can at the corner and you'll be there yeah yeah so so, some sort of you have to go through some sort of uh ritual or action that would that would then give you access to the black market
1: another great example is the troll market from hellboy 2 i don't know if you guys have seen that movie
3: nope Mm -hmm. take your drink (laughs)
1: <laughs> Alex you've seen it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. The the, the troll market in Hellboy 2 is, a, is super awesome. It's basically it's a it's sort of extra dimensional like Alex was saying. Um and it's hidden behind this giant pretty much like a vault door. And the vault door requires like a crazy combination to be able to unlock it. And behind the vault door is basically this fairy tale market with trolls and fairies and elves, and <laughs> they're all sort of hawking their wares. And it's sort of this uh, sanctuary for supernatural creatures here in the in the real world. But when I think black market in a fantasy game, I that's where my mind immediately goes is is the troll market yeah. just because that that scene was so evocative and and uh,
3: cool for me to see. So. And if you really didn't want to go with the more conspicuous sort. Of- of magic you could go with well you got to you have to assume that the thieves guild is paying off people you know uh, paying off Absolutely. Know, ex- uh, people in the city to so they can continue to operate town guards oh yeah Gu- guards uh, city officials uh, whatever sort of government your city has they're going to be they're going to be they're going to be on the take usually mm-hmm. so they could be operating almost in plain sight you know again kind of like kind of like the mob in real life you know maybe maybe you have to go into a, a money changer you ask to go to see a specific vault you're brought back to this back room you're open they open the vault let you in it doesn't let you into a vault into this hidden space where you know all this nefarious activity is taking place
1: yeah i like the idea too of like a thieves guild not necessarily paying off people but basically having a green having an agreement with whatever city or town or location that they're that they're at basically having the agreement of like we will not steal or otherwise disenfranchise anyone within the city limits yeah but you will not impede us from bringing stuff in and out of the city, basically.
3: Well, that, that's actually how I have things in my world. Is that thieves' guilds are out in the open? They're a guild just like you know, like Barker, you were saying, that they like a fighter's guild or a, a, a merchant's guild. And what they do is they don't steal from your city; they steal from other cities. Exactly. So it's So, oh, so, wow. it's, so it's this kind of uh, it's it's a very kind of tribal behavior where. You know they um, they either steal from each other or from people coming into the city, but they they have a they, they're kind of oath bound not to steal from uh, merchants within the city or any citizens within the city itself. It, yeah. Th- so they're so they're almost like
0: they might be used for like a like a separate branch of the military or something you know
2: yeah kind of yeah, yeah.
3: Or, or 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 even uh even spies kind of like uh yeah. a CIA, you know the equivalent of a cia some kind of thing
0: right right cool i never thought about that at all that was really that's really good that's why you're on the podcast alex because you're <laughs> smart <laughs> and you know shit i also like to think outside the box do you, and you've, do you seen, have any... you've seen
1: more movies than Barker too, so
0: I know. Do you have any uh, fucked up stories about thieves
3: guilds, Alex? Oh, let's see about thieves guilds. Uh, well, actually, yeah. Um... I knew it. <laughs> well, I knew well, it. Well, uh, <laughs> I, my in uh, one uh, past adventuring group that I ran a campaign for. They all started in the same guild, and what, a thieves this guild, guild? The, 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 yeah, a thieves' guild, and and they, they were they was they was sort of covert. So they they ran a uh, a thieves' guild, but it was beneath an orphanage, and this is this is that's how they got their members. They w- they would basically harvest them from the orphanage and train them wow. to be uh, to be rogues, and but not just rogues. And this is something I wanted to bring up a little later, but I might as well bring it up now. Is that uh, a thieves' guild is not necessarily just going to be rogues. Yes. You know, it's not just going to be people who can pick locks, sneak, backstab, that sort of thing. Uh, a thieves guild is is going to need fighters, you know, hardcore, yes. you know, thugs. It's going to need uh arcane casters, to, wizards, to, yeah, for to sure. to uh, to do all to not only do work for them in house, but occasionally be sent out to do things. So I think the uh, just kind of assuming the Thieves Guild is only rogues is kind of narrow, and that's the way it was in this guild. So even though all the players played different types of characters, they were all em- originally employees trained in this in this Thieves Guild. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, and I think that you know D
0: and D, the major you know one of the, in my opinion, one of the two major downsides of Dungeons and Dragons is the uh, that the classes. Don't tell you anything about the character other than how they kill people. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. thieves, yeah, thieves guilds, you know, there are every class can fit in a thieves guild. And I think if you're building a thieves guild, just, you know, at the start, do your best to be like, how can a cleric fit in a thieves guild and figure yeah. out a way for, you know, a, a thieves guild to be held in a church and oh my gosh! Right off the bat, boom—the brain just explodes with inspiration. Yeah, every yeah. single class. It's not just about how you kill. It's about it's about what you can give to a greater movement or a greater cause.
1: Yeah, well, in uh, <clears throat> in my uh, game world of Aranoth, there's the Umbercloaks, who are kind of a thieves guild, but they're sort of more kind of like what you were saying, Alex. Where it's like they're they're spies. But they're also they're kind of the movers and shakers of the world. Like if you kind of look really deep into every war and like power play, assassination, like the Umber, assassination, like the Umber Cloaks are somehow involved. It's almost like an Illuminati type thing where mm-hmm. people know that the Umber Cloaks exist, but in more of like a, oh they're not real, you know, like like the Umber Cloaks are just like a, a conspiracy theory or something like that. But but they mm-hmm. exist, and I, I ran a session. Uh, where everyone was a member of the umber so it was called a cloak and dagger and we had one rogue one ranger one fighter and a monk and they all totally seemed like members of a thieves guild like amazing it, it, like they were all utilizing each other's skills and working uh, almost like a SWAT team where everyone had different skills and they were all utilizing them in the, in this mission that they had to undertake. And um, I totally agree with Alex about, you know, you should have, you know, fighters and wizards in your thieves guild. I mean, if, if the guild was all just rogues. They wouldn't get very much done, uh, you know. They wouldn't have the the muscle
3: or the magic to back themselves up, right? And, oh, nice. And, uh, the other thing to consider too is that they don't necessarily have to be evil. Now they may be they may be against the law, but suppose that the law in the area is is uh, is not lawful, if, if that makes sense, you know. And a great ex- the the classic example is Robin Hood, you know. Uh, he, uh, yeah. You know, he was a he was yeah. a thi- he was a thief, but he stole from the rich to give to the poor. Now you could have a thieves guild within a city. That was set up very similar. Maybe people are starving, and and the rich just keep getting richer, and and so this group kind of forms this 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 guild, uh, this kind of secret you know shadow guild, to to steal from these people so they can give distribute this all to the poor people, you know. So you can have an uh, kind of an urban Robin Hood as as kind of a thieves guild idea. Yeah. Now, okay, so we know what the purpose of a thieves guild
0: is, obviously. Now, are there ways to make a thieves guild that's actually blatant that's uh, not completely underground and actually supported by a city and i know alex you mentioned the uh you know hey you're only uh, stealing from other cities kind of idea and mm-hmm. which is a great idea yeah but is there a way to to make them more blatant or at the very least um supported uh, maybe underground but supported by the city or the town guard itself
1: I mean, I don't see why you can't set up a city where the Thieves Guild is the leadership. They are running the city. You could do almost like a Thieves' Den type city, you know, a hive of scum and villainy where the Thieves Guild, they're the ones in charge. You know, they might have a uh, a puppet leader in charge, but, I, you know, I'm sort of picturing almost like a Pirate's Cove type situation yeah. where it's like anything goes, but the guild like has the final say.
0: Have you ever seen the movie Gangs of New York? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That is one of my favorite movies. And it's a good movie. I, 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 and I'm telling you, uh, there are endless thieves in that movie. And the, the leader, Tammany, he knows about all the gangs and all the thieves, but he lets them survive because they're so integral in the economy and the way things work that right. it's, it would on, honestly be a downside for him to arrest them all. Right. Uh, so yeah, watch that movie. I, I'd recommend it. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I have a hard time though, kind of envisioning <clears throat> any kind of thieves guild that would actually call itself in the open with a big sign of the door, thieves guild. Yeah. True. <laughs> that that one that one is tough because you know, like it, like in my scenario where they, you know, they would have a different name and they would operate only in other places, other cities, uh, or you have the one that Matt was just talking about. But even they, they wouldn't be that kind of overt about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm. I, I'm, I'm not sure uh unless it was um kind of a double blind where you had you know the thieves guild was the name of a of a tavern <laughs> you know and they operated as a tavern but it was actually a thieves guild
1: yeah well and you that's know? why I, I i like the idea of a thieves guild being a, thie- a thieves guild and everything but name you know i i you could it, it'd be like if you have a magic school in your game calling it the magic school like you, you gotta you gotta kind of give it a little bit of flavor yeah. to match with your world and so you know in my world i have the umber cloaks and uh someone posted on our our post today about the this episode and they have a assassin's guild i think called the the blue hawks or something like that you know it, sh- and, it should and- be the
0: seahawks i'm just saying yeah. <laughs> whatever <laughs> Twelve but- up okay go
1: ahead sorry but you know flavoring the thieves guild to be more unique and thematic instead of just calling it oh it's the thieves guild you know call it the the backstabbers you know look at look at motorcycle Mm. clubs and pick a motorcycle club name and give your thieves guild that name you know the stabby stabby guys the stabby stabby (laughs) guys the sneak up behind jizz
0: In in my world, actually, uh, the thieves' guilds kind of take up residence in in a lot of different taverns, and that occurs when the tavern usually when the tavern name is an alliteration. You know, in the tavern uh, episode of the show, we talked about the Black Boot. You know, the Crazy Cow. The you know when the when the both words of the tavern name start with the same letter, and it's one of those kind of sneaky little secrets, you know, it's not too difficult. But if you are in the know, you know uh, that the town tussle is going to be kind of,
3: there's going to be a haven of the Thieves Guild somewhere inside of it. You you know what it would be a lot like is is like the speakeasies of the 1920s, you know, during Prohibition. Because, like you're saying, everyone knows where they are. Yeah. You know? Right. And... Even, even, even a lot of the police know where they are but they don't want to touch them either they're being paid off or they they go there themselves you know whatever for whatever reason these these places operate and everyone knows where they are yeah, yeah and that that's a that, that's kind of a good example of that kind of secret but in the open crime organization
1: right right in the case of, of having a thieves guild that wants to persist that wants to actually have longevity I feel like having a neutral thieves guild, Sort of makes the most sense because they wouldn't want any one entity uh, win out um, in the constant power struggle of the world. They would want the 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 power to always be shifting mm-hmm. in their favor. And so I feel like neutrality is kind of the the go to for Thieves yeah. guild. And in the, in the case of the Umbercloaks in my world, they actually have laws that they have to follow. Um, they have this thing called the Four Edicts, and it's uh, Stay your hand against the innocent. So don't kill kids. Don't kill people that are just bystanders. Keep nice. your silence before the inquiry. <clears throat> so don't snitch. Don't, you know, go telling everybody our secrets. Hold your loyalty above the coffer. You know, we'll pay you. Don't accept payment outside of it and uh, and uh, turn against the, the guild. And then bring your justice to the deserving. So basically, like, you are in charge of deciding who deserves to die and who, and who doesn't. And those four edicts kind of make up the in the the entire being of this guild and so i feel like the thieves guild is lawful neutral and not mm-hmm. lawful in the following the law yeah. lawful in that they have to have some sort of code they have to have some sort of hierarchy in order to persist and in order to function
3: well, sure. It's, that's the only way you could. And again, a good if you look at an example of of the mob, they have very strict rules within right. their structure. Mm-hmm.
0: I like that uh, the "Don't kill the innocent" is higher on the list of edicts than, say, you know steal and make money right
1: well and it's i i don't think a thieves guild would would see any sort of um, benefit to killing innocent people that's more of a chaotic mindset in my eyes yeah so
0: and and i i can't stand alignment as a dm i I, that's one of the things i automatically just remove from the game but if it's there you know a a neutral a lawful neutral thieves guild is excellent and and like you yeah. said, Matt, lawful doesn't mean I'm following the laws of the city. No, that's, exactly. that's nonsense. It's it's some sort of code, some sort of thing that you stand by.
1: Yeah, I see. I see law in terms of alignment as some sort of outside thing that you're following instead of just following your gut. Uh, being lawful means that you know it might be a religious doctrine, it might be you know a thieves guild code, or it might be the law. Um, It just depends on or, you know, it might be like a code of honor or something like that. But for sure, um, not to get into a super big alignment discussion. You know, I'm not the biggest fan of of being stringent about alignments, but I find that it's Mm. helpful to discuss things in terms of alignment just because even though they're vague and abstract, they do kind of help center the focus of what you're trying to do. So
0: it helps people, especially those who are listening to this podcast, and it helps players who are playing in your game. To get a feel for what you're describing. You exactly. Know, and I, I say, don't need
1: to take five minutes and explain the guild. I say, oh, that you know they're more of like a lawful neutral entity. And people go, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly, yeah. That That is a, a big benefit of alignment. Right. Now, let's say we have a thieves guild. And uh, we're not in a fantasy setting. We're not even in a science fiction setting. Let's say we are in kind of the modern day scenario. We're in New York City, modern day like what is what is the difference between what we've been talking about, the fantasy setting, and uh, w- the hypothetical example of a thieves guild in a modern setting? Like, what's the equivalent of that?
3: Well, I mean, ideally, there wouldn't be that much difference between a thieves' guild and, you know, like we were saying, the, uh, you know, the mob in, in modern societies. They would have to have some sort of uh, front, meaning that all, all the... A coffee the, the, the... shop or something. Yeah, well, either in a shop, but even the ones who are at, you know, in, in the higher levels of hierarchy in the group, they would have to have some sort of respectable front to them. You know, I'm a businessman. I, I, you know, I'm a... You know, an investor, I, I, I'm a, you know, whatever it happens to be, they would have to have a reason for why they have all this money and a cover that, that you know, a plausible cover. And they would have to fully sort of maintain that cover. In other words, if you're a, uh, a real estate mogul, then you would have to actually buy property. But you could use that property for other purposes as well. You could use it for, you know, for laundering money. You could use it to set up safe houses for your people. You could have it set, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. So that's an amazing idea, Alex. I, I feel like. Okay,
0: really quick. Jump back to the fantasy setting. What's an example? Just, you know, creating a uh, a Thieves' Guild owner or someone who runs the Thieves' Guild. Like you said, they have to have some sort of thing to tell the authorities, hey, I also do... This is why I'm rich. You know, it's not the Thieves' Guild. It's because I I sell clamshells to all the local f- uh, farmers because... Of, you know, whatever. They, they have to have some sort of reason why they... Are wealthy. So, so what's an example in a fantasy setting that uh, someone who's running a thieves guild would have a lot of money?
3: They, well, they, I would think they would have to be someone in power because someone in power could not only have plausible deniability for why they're so wealthy, nice. but also be able to influence the powers that be to kind of keep them away from his interests. You know, just like any mob boss. So, you know, he might even, you know, he could be a uh, uh, a very upstanding merchant. In the city, you know, maybe he owns a number of businesses. Uh, he could be in charge of shipping in and out of the city. So again, you know, someone who's very kind of tied into the uh, well into the financial structure of the city. Yeah, you could have. You could even be. he could even be, if you could, if your town or city has a council, he could be on the town council or the city council. Yeah, I was going to say could, he, he could be, be a, a
1: politician. You know.
3: Yeah. Um, some someone in in real position of power uh if it's a if it's a more if it's a monarchy it could be someone in the royal court who uh maybe even is he even has the king's ear you know and yet he's doing all this stuff on the side so you definitely want them in you know in some kind of place of power yeah uh, whatever that happens to be
1: and i think that's a natural fit too because people who have power tend to crave more power and so someone in a high up position like that who was already fairly well off would see an opportunity to make more money to gain more you know, power to to have more supporters and things like that. So I feel like it's just sort of a
0: natural fit and would be a logical step for someone who is a little power hungry. Oh, yeah, I, that's perfect. That, yeah, and that's exactly what was on my mind. Like someone who's in, he, he's part of the powers that be. He or she is part of the powers that be. Now, we've talked about neutral and, you know, even good thieves guilds. Uh, I think, Alex, you mentioned the Robin Hood idea. You know, that's, that's a good thieves' guild. That's someone who's like, hey, I've, I'm, I am going to steal from the rich. I'm going to give to the poor. We've even talked about the neutral thieves' guild, the one that's like, hey, we're not going to kill any innocents, but, you know, whatever needs to be done, we're going to, we're going to get it done for the sake of the guild. Now, could there be an evil thieves' guild that somehow is allowed or secretly exists in a society? Like that—that that boggles my mind. I, I, I mean, when I think of that, I think of cartels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, the cartels are still in—you know—cartels of real world are still involved in the politics of the real world. So yeah, you mean you mean you're talking about an organization that is, that is perceived as evil from the outside. Oh. And, no, and, I I, w- I would say that I would say that in the D and D in the Dungeons and Dragons way. They
3: would write on their character sheet for their guild, "We are evil." Well, but okay, yeah, but, but I, I, yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying because I, I've, I've used this example, just you know, talking about things like chaotic evil before, but you know, so, uh, someone like uh, Voldemort from the Harry Potter uh, yeah mythology. Good call. Um, he, you know, I, I, I always perceived him as, cha- you know, either it's, it could be argued lawful evil, not usually chaotic evil, but definitely evil. But even if he's chaotic evil. That doesn't mean, you know, that he's stupid. And so he, when he was in school, you know, he put on the, the perfect student's face and he used it to his advantage. You know, he was always, yes, sir, of course, sir. And, you know, he, he would be polite to all the teachers and even give them gifts and smiling. And, and he so he put on this this face that, that he used to, to get towards his greater goal. And I mean, I could certainly see an evil thieves guild following a, a, you know a similar pattern, whether it's just the leader who is evil, which right. I, I think it almost has to be because no one is a hundred percent evil. I don't yeah. think. You, you, you'd, never have a, you'd never have a guild of all chaotic evil members, for example. But right. it, wouldn't it wouldn't last more than two days. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> They'd all exactly. kill each other. But lawful evil could. As, as long as you have someone at the top who is so strong, who induces so much fear in his uh, underlings, that they wouldn't dare cross him. They well, wouldn't even think about it.
0: Well, lawful evil is the ex- uh, the example given for lawful evil in, I think, almost all of the D&D books uh, is the the evil politician yeah yeah and that's that's such a real world example it's hard to dodge it it's hard to not use it
1: yeah yeah. um a good example of not necessarily a thieves guild more of an assassin's guild really but the the dark brotherhood from the elder scrolls games um uh definitely lawful evil because they have again a, a code of laws that they have to follow and they have a a leader but they will kill anyone No questions asked as long as the proper rights are given, as long as the payment is made. And so I feel like if you have a lawful evil organization like an Assassin's Guild that is being utilized by people who have money, who have power, then they would be allowed to exist and persist even if people were aware of them. Because they're powerful? Um, Because they're powerful and because they're being utilized by people in power. Like, if you have an Assassin's Guild and kings and lords and politicians are hitting you up and paying you gold to knock out the competition, they're going to let you live. They're going to let you stay around because you're useful, because you have skills that they want to utilize.
0: For sure. Uh, And I think you uh, nailed it with your reference to Elder Scrolls. Uh, Alex, I know that you're not big on the video game references, but... You know, Elder Scrolls nails the Thieves Guilds and the Assassins Guilds. Because, oh, absolutely. Yeah, because they're not up front. Right. You know, especially the Assassins Guild. In the video game, the only way you can even enter the, the Assassins Guild or the Dark Brotherhood is if you kill somebody that, you know, you don't have to kill.
1: Exactly. And then they find you. And drug you, and initiate you. It's really just so, like
0: a, uh, a fraternity in college. To be completely it,
1: honest, it is. I'm pretty sure that same thing happened yeah. in college. Yeah.
0: I think I. Um, I think I just. Uh, I think I just had a realization <laughs> about college. I was oh. in the dark brotherhood.
1: Oh God, guys.
0: <laughs> um,
2: it no, was... but
1: I. Th- I think that you know evil. Evil exists in the world because. People allow it to, and in the case of like a, an evil thieves guild or an assassins guild or something like that, it would be allowed to exist because powerful people want it to exist. Well, yeah, no.
3: that's the only, that's the only way it really could. E, whether yeah. whether it was overt or you know hidden, it would have to be allowed on some level, um, right. or at least not causing enough problems where they would care about it. Like if you have a thieves guild that's just stealing mainly from you know the lower parts of society or you know travelers and merchants coming through town then yeah, the, the, the higher ups may know about it, but they're not necessarily going to care <laughs> that right, much, yeah. right. You know, because these aren't the people that, you know, that feed them, that's that, that give them what they need. So yeah, yeah. we're not going to worry about it. No way. Um,
0: so what would you guys think about, you know, maybe, you know,
3: taking a question from our listeners,
1: Ooh. let's do it.
3: <laughs> and we'll see what that question is right after this message.
2: Have you been gravely injured crawling through a zombie infested tomb after being assured that it was a simple exploration? Were you hired by a nobleman to serve as bodyguards only to discover that he had recently angered an ancient red dragon? We here at the offices of Aserarach and Strad believe that you are entitled to compensation and that we are the entities that can make that happen. Of course, we handle a wide variety of cases, including contracts, real estate, criminal defense, and appeals. Perhaps you've already been sentenced to life in prison. That's not a problem for a Sararac Strahd. We will provide one of our highly skilled and certified assassin clerics to kill you and bring you back from the dead and thus fulfill your obligation under the law. We won't morally judge you, and we will see to it that you get exactly what you deserve. Look for us on the high street in talan under the sign of the Hanged Man. Our offices are open just after sunset. There is no need to make an appointment because we'll be expecting you and we'll be ready. ...these questions
0: uh, pretty half acidly, but mm-hmm. I have... <laughs> what? Come on. That's why you get the big bucks. <laughs> That's why I should get the big bucks. <laughs> uh, the, the question I'm going to go with is... Uh, from Michael L. and he says, one thing I tried in my game was to have different monikers for the standard organizations in my world. For example, merchants and tradespeople have guilds, thieves have brotherhoods, assassins are in warrens, etc. Would you ever rename guilds to put an interesting spin on the trope? And I think. God, man, Michael, I'm so glad you asked that question because not only have you created an environment where we can answer it, but you've inspired me uh, to, to to add something to my game. Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think the, the immediate thing that came to my mind, at least, is that I would call a thieves' guild or an assassin's guild a factory. Just because... Factory? Yeah, a factory. The name when you say it it just brings up this idea of purpose you know a factory mm. only has one purpose and a th- yeah. thieves guild and a and and especially an assassin's guild they only have one purpose and i think hey you want to uh, i'm going to the factory hey you need that's to stop by the factory s- yeah. that's
1: pretty cool yeah i like that cool um, yeah, and I think, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, you want to flavor, if you include something like a Thieves Guild, or any kind of guild for that matter, you want to flavor it to, you know, be thematic and sort of fit within your world, so.
3: One of one the thing that he mentioned about that, uh, he, when he said uh, different, different monikers, I thought, um, and it, for some reason it just triggered this idea that you could have, suppose you had a, a city with multiple different competing Thieves Guilds in it. Mm. You know, wow, all, yeah. again, again, you know, looking looking at uh, modern uh, organized crime, where you have different the sharks and families. The jets. <laughs>
1: Wait, what? Yeah,
3: I, okay. Go <laughs> ahead. <laughs> but you, but you could have you could have different um, these different thieves or you know thieves guilds or or you know organizations who are all competing and fighting each other, and so not not only are they keep hidden. But they also kind of, you know, compete with each other within within the same city.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that opens up a lot of possibilities for plot hooks too, where, you know, maybe their competition escalates into some kind of turf war and the city finally has to say, okay, enough's enough. People are dying in the streets. It's time to shut this down. Um, You know, things like that, you you know, really, really. playing up that the competition aspect can lead to a lot of cool yeah. situations, I feel.
3: Definitely.
0: Uh, it's a perfect time to, to put in a different name for the Thieves Guild, you know? I, I made a joke, you know, the Sharks and the Jets, you know, the West Side Story, <laughs> you know, obviously. Uh, but, you know, when you think about it, the Thieves Guilds are more accepted when they're called, hey, uh, we're the Fish Factory or we're the uh, we're the Blacksmith, you know? Tunnel I, Snakes. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when they're when they're given a name that's not only accepted to society but accepted to your average RPG player, you know, the blacksmith, you know, the the fish factory, then it's like, ooh, you know, it it brings up the question as to, wait, these guys, are they are they right or are they wrong? Because right. if you say, oh, we're the assassins guild, your player's going to be like, "Oh, let's pull out our swords." You know, but yeah, if you say, it's true. "Yeah, we're the fish factory."
3: Pfft, okay, let's uh, let's open up our bags and buy some fish, bros. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. or even more mysterious. You know, like uh, you know, uh, the the Order of the Red Rose or something like that. You know, yeah, yeah that th- that tells you nothing about it. <laughs> exactly. That,
0: I think it's good to ha- to hide it behind some sort of company, though.
3: Oh sure, uh, just yeah, because totally. if, if only because it's relatable to a modern uh, way of thinking. I was thinking about the uh, the nineteenth century you know private clubs that they used to have, you know uh, that people would go to and where they would basically just sit around smoking cigars and and you know talk about how rich they are and and you know have having an organization like that that would be a, a front for a thieves guild as well could be quite good
0: nice nineteenth century? yeah. Uh I, I do that every Tuesday I'm just saying 21st. <laughs> I smoke my cigar and say, "Oh, I'm so amazing."
1: Yeah, I've I've actually used uh, taverns and things like that as as fronts for um for thieves guilds mm-hmm. or or not just thieves guilds but criminal organizations in general. Um it's really yep. really fun to do that kind of stuff. So, especially when you're when your uh, adventuring party wanders in the tavern not knowing that it's a front for the <laughs> criminal organization. Yeah. And then they walk in and all of a sudden all these half works with battle axes get up and,
0: you know, <laughs> well, what well, do you think well, you're doing here? Well, like we'll you be, said, we'll Matt, it's a it's a trope for a reason, you know. Exactly. Yeah. is a great place for uh, <laughs> a thieves
3: guilt or something
0: you oh, know, totally. under the law.
3: Totally. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, you have other organizations like, you know, like we have the Freemasons, that sort of thing. So organizations like that that maybe have another, another public purpose could be concealing this this other organization yeah totally my
0: buddy is a a, an actual mason and i give him so much shit (laughs) because there there are a lot of reasons that i won't join even though even though he asked me to uh but i'm i'm pretty sure i'm gonna just start saying i'm gonna uh, i've joined the illuminati just so we can do battle but uh, uh he says yeah man uh it's just the most boring thing of all time like
1: that's, I'm de- that's what i've heard I'm there for is the that networking. it's pretty much
0: just the elk's club yeah <laughs> it's like we eat food occasionally and then we say some weird shit but ultimately like we just hang out and say oh you want to buy a car well i'm a car salesman so come buy a car <laughs> we have
1: uh, we have pancake buffets every other weekend so yeah
0: i love pancake day that's the best day You can eat as many pancakes as you want,
1: and it's free. I I love
0: the Buffalo Wing Day, and there's no hair in the Buffalo Wings. It's the best.
3: (laughs) Can you you imagine that, Thieves Guild? You go to to your local Thieves Guild, they're also not having pancakes. Yeah, they All, all, all these guys, all these guys are, you know. It look like they are uh, they crawled through a sewer. They threw uh, all over them. <laughs> Greasy hair, eating pancakes. Hey, hey pancake could you pass day.
0: the syrup? Hey, hey, hey. I need to borrow a wheelbarrow this weekend. Can anybody please loan me one? <laughs> <laughs> wow. The Thieves Guild has really uh, been exaggerated in the rest of the world. <laughs> I need wheelbarrow borrow a bucket of lime. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: ooh,
0: ooh, snap. Adventure hook. Uh, Okay, so um, I believe it's that time Where we come up with an idea That you, our listeners Can steal Uh, What do you guys think? Sounds (laughs) good They could
3: be thieves as it were Oh, I want to make a (laughs) roll
0: Okay, I got a uh, D12 here So 1 through 4 is Alex uh, 5 through 8 is Matt And 9 through 12 is me and we got a nine. What's that?
3: Wait, which one was That's that? What was that? That's you. That's you, Barbara. Oh you, you. shit! I gotta sc- oh, go. <laughs> I hate
0: dice. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So this thieves guild is actually going to. Uh, since we're hold on, let me start over. Okay. So we're creating a thieves guild one by one. I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch an idea, and then Alex is gonna do the same, and then Matt's gonna do the same. Um, okay. My idea is. Different. Okay, so um, this Thieves Guild is actually going to be in the basement of the town hall. So Mm. it's not going to be in the tavern or in any other normal place. It's actually going to be underneath the literal underground of the government itself. So that's where it takes place. And uh, we're going to go with uh, Matt. Okay.
1: I'm going to say that uh, the <laughs> basically the stenographer for the town hall, the person that comes with a quill and parchment to all of the meetings and proceedings and trials and writes everything down mm-hmm. is the person in charge of the thieves guild. Um, not only are they writing everything down, they also, I mean, they have a perfect record of everything that occurs within the government of this city and the, that puts them in a perfect position to be the leader of the thieves guild. Oh
0: yeah, nice. The uh, and
1: the I, uh, I think it's an an older woman. Oh, yeah. who is the leader of the Man. thieves guild?
0: Sorry. What what,
1: what? what was that? I
0: don't know. It was me trying to make an impression of an older woman, and instead, I made an impression of a small baby dinosaur.
1: It's. <laughs> Yeah. it sounded like the uh it sounded like the yee video it's
0: like that that, that that scene in jurassic park when he's like push push little one and the raptor's like <laughs> oh I, I was
1: thinking i was thinking older woman as in like oh like 50s i wasn't thinking like you know using a walker to get around <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I run the thieves Guild. <laughs> I'm lo- I'm really looking forward to the pancake feast this Sunday
3: at the thieves game. See, see all these depressed looking thieves sitting here sitting around in a all wearing these <laughs> god awful sweaters that she knits for them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just thinking like a fierce, like silver haired woman is the leader of the thieves. For guild. sure. And she's also the the uh the notes taker, the stenographer at at the town hall, I'm gonna throw it over to Alex.
3: Okay, so can we go like anywhere with this, or, or what are we thinking? Uh, we're yeah. Uh, you want to get
1: you want to take you want to make it weird, Alex?
3: No, not, not weird. Just, just, just uh, you know, if we're throwing out
1: ideas, people to use. Do it. You know what? I passed you the ball, Alex. And whatever direction you want to run is the
0: right one.
3: Right. Do, it up. I'm,
0: I'm, do it big. Uh,
3: I'm I'm shooting for the
0: hoop. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do they call that thing? <laughs> so so far, you know that it takes place under the town hall. Yep. Yeah. And that the, the leader of the thieves guild is the uh,
3: stenographer or the secretary of uh, the government in question, right? And uh, what I'm what i going to say is uh, that this this uh, it's more of a scenario than an actual uh, structure of the thieves guild. But 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 I always thought it would be a cool idea if the thieves guild became kind of a, kind of an operative underground during a uh, um, during an invasion. So uh, the the city the city is mm. has been taken over by a uh, uh, by this by, the, by a foreign army. So they have sort of moved in. They, the the ships kind of landed at the at the port. They just poured out of the ships and basically seized the city as the beginning of the sort of invasion. And so now the city is being held by these uh, by the, by this foreign army. They've 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 killed many of the uh, the nobles who were in charge, and they have seized control. And so the thieves guild sort of. Uh, has, has almost is is compelled to become this this underground movement to try and, and keep and try and free the city, wow. and so they, they even though they're not necessarily the best uh, the best people they ha- they have to they still have to are compelled to save the city, and so now they have to figure out ways that they can uh, get information out of the city to you know to other powers to let them know that the city's in trouble, uh, maybe they maybe they try to sabotage the actions of this foreign army. Maybe they uh, they're trying to protect some of the citizens or protect the city's wealth because well they don't want the city to lose its wealth you know that sort of thing.
0: That is amazing.
1: I love that and I also love just even the prospect of the aftermath of that scenario where okay, now we know there's a thieves guild, but they kind of saved us. <laughs> yeah what wow. are we gonna do about it? and what was what position does that put the thieves Guild in? So I, I love that idea,
3: Alex. for sure. Yeah, it can leave a lot of great openings later on for, like you said, for other scenarios or, you know, just just how they're gonna deal with this 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 new power structure. Maybe the thieves guild becomes the power structure, like you you know, like you were exactly. saying. Exactly. Like, you know, the, 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 the thieves guild is essentially elevated to the power that they didn't necessarily want. <laughs> well, yeah. And the cool thing about that idea is that you know you can
0: introduce this this idea into your game no matter when in the timeline it's happening so you can say hey you've entered a town and the the thieves guild is in charge because of a war that just happened or exactly yeah Yeah. or you could enter the town and the war is happening and the thieves guild is trying to help people i mean it's really really open-ended for the the dm Mm -hmm. absolutely yeah cool man alex damn dude where to take the reins bro (laughs) shit you know what i wish though what I wish I had some hot and ready's to eat.
1: That would be super bitchin', Barker.
0: <laughs> It'd be almost as super bitchin' as the movie The Chronicles of Riddick. Which have have you seen that? Yes, I have. It's not
1: super bitchin'. <laughs> <laughs> can I can I confess something as we close out the podcast here? Oh God, do dun, it! Dun, dun. I I kind of
3: love. The Chronicles of Riddick. (laughs) That's right, Matt. There, I'm with you.
1: Oh, sweet. It's just, it's so Flash Gordon y. I I just, I love Chronicles of Riddick. I love it. Okay.
3: All right. Well, let me throw
1: something out then. Okay.
0: I cannot stand the Chronicles of Riddick. Okay. But, but, when I have food poisoning, yes, I always watch the Chronicles of Riddick. You know why?
1: (laughs) Because it makes you throw up.
0: No, because, you know, even if the movie is horrible, it's still better than puking into the toilet every 45 it's minutes. It's better than food poisoning. <laughs> yeah,
1: that is better. the greatest, the greatest review of any movie I've ever heard. Like, I just, you turn over the back of the box on the Chronicles of Riddick DVD, and in quotes at the top, it says, like, Better Parker than says. food poisoning, Michael Barker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> thank you, thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Roll Up and Die. My name is Barker.
1: My name is Matt from A Fistful of Dice. And my name is Alex.
3: From nowhere. Godspeed. <laughs> I didn't even say
0: it. <laughs> it's in the fracking ship. <laughs> Guys, Uh, you are awesome. (laughs) You're awesome. (laughs) This show has been produced by Roll Up and Die and is copyright 2015. It is owned by all three of the primary hosts. The games, movies, and other properties mentioned in this show are the property of their respective owners. Stealing is wrong. You can find all three of the hosts on YouTube and other websites. Matt is at youtube.com slash a fistful of dice. Captain Gothnog is at youtube.com slash Captain Gothnog. And Barker is at www.beabettergamemaster.com. Listeners are free to use this show in any way, shape, or form, as long as credit is provided to the Roll Up and Die podcast. Look for other releases of this show at www.beabettergamemaster.com or at facebook.com slash rollupanddie. Have a fantastic day, and as always, happy gaming.